What's up, guys? It's the Vinny Rock Podcast. Before we get into this discussion today, this discussion today is going to be fucking heavy. Now, it's just going to give you a lot of information on the immigration stuff and what goes down, why it goes down. Most people don't understand it, and they post about it, and they bitch and complain, and all this other fucking bullshit, and I'm tired of it. I'd rather you guys know the truth on why things go the way they go, why things are so fucked up and backed up, and immigration policies that have been in place way before Trump came into office. This isn't a Trump support thing. This is just an information thing. You can't be mad at someone who didn't do something, right? You know what I mean? Now I understand everyone's arguments on that. I'm just saying. I want to give you the information that you deserve. And if you have questions, fucking ask me. First on the list, we got beard.com. That's male grooming products. You know, we sell them at my barbershop. You can get them online. Where do you go, Vince? Well, it's fucking easy. You go to beard.com. Go check them out. Core Medical Group, I cannot lie, man. That fucking has been what's changed my life. I'm getting in shape. I'm seeing muscle development in my shoulders and my chest that I haven't seen in fucking years. Uh, obviously, I had to change my diet a little bit. I had to fucking stop drinking like an idiot. And I had to be more consistent in the gym. It wasn't a magic pill, but it's definitely a big reason why I feel I have motivation and am inspired to fucking get myself back in shape. Oh, yeah. I'm fucking running again, bitch. Fuck yes. I love it. You guys, please go check out Core Medical Group. You will not be, you will not regret it. Right? You won't be disappointed. Their customer service is top notch and they actually give a fuck about the veterans and law enforcement officers that are out there. You guys let them know Vinny Rock sent you. Hit me up if you need any more details than that. Beyond Clothing. Beyond Clothing obviously is an expeditionary clothing uh, company. They are insanely fucking awesome. Their gear is top-notch quality. You cannot find something better than this. Trust me, I have tried. Go check out Beyond Clothing, beyondclothing.com. Go check them out online. Willie Peach Chocolate, fucking excited about this. Willie Peach Chocolates, bro, we just released a mild hot sauce. Um, it is a smoky flavor. I, you know, I don't even want to say it. I just want you guys to go fucking try this. Go check out WillyPeachChocolate.com and pick up a hot sauce today. Yes, fucking do it. You'll love it. Boom. GMR Gold. GMR Gold, I haven't got a package uh, in the past couple of weeks because I've been in California. So hopefully when I get home, I'll be able to check out what's new, uh, what silver or gold came to my fucking front, front door. Um, I'm actually thinking about doing some trades here soon. I'm looking at the numbers. I'm looking at what, where money is you know, in the silver, uh, in the precious metal world. And we'll see what happens. Again, my kids still love doing it. I love doing it. It's been a big part of now my relationship with my kids. One more thing I do for them is get them gold or silver from GMR Gold or Bullion Box. And so you guys check it out. It's fucking rad. Um, Perseverance Survival. I just asked for some new shorts. They got some, they got some dope ass shorts and they got some fucking, some, some fucking hoodies. I know it's hot right now, so, you know, go look at some of the shorts. I got the, the was it, the tiger stripe shorts, and I'm trying to get some multi-cam ones because fucking hey, I love those things, and I'm wearing some shorts all day long in this fucking heat that's driving me out, out of this fucking world. Don't forget to check Willie Peach, uh, excuse me, uh, Warfighter Tobacco as well. They just have a location. We just set up shop in San Antonio, Texas, so if you're in San Antonio, Texas, or Austin, Texas, or anywhere in fucking Texas, make the drive. Go check out Warfighter Tobacco. And last but not least, don't forget Let Singers Whiskey. Here we go, motherfuckers. You got to check this podcast out. You're going to have questions. You're going to find answers. Stop blaming everyone you don't know. Research, research, research. 
fucking A. Boy. All right, we are recording. What's up, dude? What's up, dude? I don't feel like it's patriotic because you have all kinds of shit in the background of your fucking your little studio. It looks nice. You need to uh, get some flags, bro. I don't know where you're at, man, but you need a flag back there. I know. I need to get hooked up. Well, dude, right now I'm just doing it out of my sister's house uh, because of the schedule with filming and everything. Right now I'm in uh, L.A. So you need. To, I got my buddy out uh, the combat flags, man. We have to get you a flag. He's yeah. one of those. Yeah, yeah, those are dope. I talked to him before. He's pretty good, dude. He actually sponsored the podcast for a little while. But, uh, yeah, that's they, awesome, man. Yeah, yeah, good dude. Um, well, bro, dude, do me a favor if you don't mind introducing yourself and your background because really this podcast, I want, I want to kind of answer some of the questions that are probably people that just don't understand when it comes to the immigration policies and borders and everything else going down. And I know this is not the topic you always want to focus on. <laughs> it's cool, man. It's cool. Yeah. Hey, you know what? If you have the, the background in it, you might as well talk about it, right? Yeah. I've been trying it. So my name is Jason Piccolo. At uh, 90s, I was an enlisted military dude, uh, artillery, army, intel, commissioned in 99 as an infantry officer. And then in 2000, I became a border patrol agent. Did that for a bit. And then I became an ICE uh, customs special agent working in Haida, which is high intensity drug trafficking area stuff down on the southwest border. Did that for a bit. Um, I was an IRR guy, which is individual ready reserve for the audience out there, meaning that I can get called up at any time. So I did. So I got called up, did a tour in Iraq in uh, 05, 06. And then what did I do? I came back. I worked uh, DOD for a bit, working um, the Guantanamo Bay investigation. So all the Al Qaeda guys down there. And then I eventually found my way back into ICE. So I worked with ICE as a. Uh, a deportation officer, then a fugitive operations uh, supervisor. Um, and then I made my way to headquarters. And then I worked for this DHS human smuggling cell. Um, my, geez, man, my whole background kind of <laughs> relates around immigration because my, my uh, master's thesis was uh, identifying criminal aliens. And then my doctoral dissertation was uh, – Lone Wolf Jihad. So, man, my whole life is basically immigration and border. So, I might as well talk about it. That's me in 30 seconds or more. Yeah. No, it's good, man. And it's actually, for me, it's, you know, I feel like I have my knowledge, but I think you would be more of the subject matter expert in a lot of the stuff that's going down right now and how to explain it better. Because, you know, my biggest issue is that people on social media will rant about or talk about the immigration and what's happening on the border. And a lot of them actually have no education on what's actually going down. So, you know, actually I posted some today and not about per se um, this subject, but about all the bullshit that's going on, on, on social media, like people rant and people complain and people bitch about certain policies and certain things going on, but they really have no education on exactly why they're talking about it. Right. And so when someone says, you know, calls some of the holding locations, uh, concentration camps on the border. Like that's when I'm like, fuck man, people have no understanding of how the system even works. You know what I'm saying? And and then they always show the overcrowded, uh, BP stations, which is like, you have to, you have to, I always call it the triage effect. If someone comes in that border, you have to search them. You have to check them for, you know, medical or anything like that. And then you transfer them to another location and they go to another location and they, Either they see a judge or they get sent back to a right. country of origin. But the thing is, the optics right now is just like, oh, my gosh, 
where these people are all in a tent or they're in a concentration camp, so to say. And it's just simply not true. Well, and, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. It's, I want to explain to the people that are listening, people listening, the process exactly of what goes down. I'm going to kind of break it down uh, as a system for the border patrol. And after that, if you don't mind, Jay, you can, you can, you can explain kind of the rest. And if there's anything that I'm, there's this discrepancy in anything that I'm saying, please correct me. But uh, as my experience as a border patrol agent for seven years, um, once someone enters into the country illegally and explaining that meaning anywhere other than a port of entry, okay, if they've entered anywhere other than a port of entry, it is considered to be illegal. Now, that's the same for a U.S. citizen as well entering into Mexico or Canada. If you're not going through a port of entry, it is considered illegal. You're breaking the law. So, if someone's entering illegally and they're apprehended by a border patrol agent, right away they get taken to the station and we have to identify where they're from, meaning what country of origin. Um, what their age is, and then we start to process them. Um, as we process them, you know, it, it depends on if they're from Mexico, if they're from Guatemala, they're from wherever. It's a different process for everyone and, and their age as well. The holding facilities that we have are probably no more. Me having a background in corrections can tell you we shouldn't be holding in the facility that I worked at no more than man twenty at a time, and that's actually that's that's full, that's packed, that's packed to the point where it actually becomes. Uh, of a concern for us as agents. Yeah, and so, don't forget they have to, uh, you know, you can't have men and women and children all together. Right, so segregating them because of the fact of the safety of people. Um, and also when you have someone crossing with a male or female or, and, and, a, and a minor, we have to identify if it's actually their kin or if it's a human trafficking issue. And so us as border agents don't dig into that too much. That's actually something that goes further on, but we do ask our initial investigative questions. What location are you at? Is that your father? Is that whatever? Um, and we make sure that they have, you know, proper, proper housing, meaning they'll have a bed. If, if we have them available, they'll have their restrooms, they'll have water, clean water, and then they do get a meal. But by the time they're processed through us in the, in the border patrol side of things and the paperwork is done, uh, it could be about less than 24 hours that they've already been picked up for ice. And ICE will pick them up uh, and they will take them over to a different holding facilities and then determine further on from the pack that we've created uh, what the process is going to be for each individual. That's one thing I want to bring up is the Border Patrol agents. And, you know, I've worked with them. You've worked with them. I've been one. You've been one. And then I've kept in contact with them. I'm sure you have too. What they're showing on TV is not – it just – that's one thing that really nips me in the ass is that – you think guys and girls in a BP are every race, national origin, everything you could possibly imagine. Yeah. Veterans, everything, and they call them Nazis and this and that, and that they're giving them toilet water or whatever. That's absolutely not true. It, and it just would never fly, ever. No, no, it's, it's completely incorrect. It's just, you know, and we're going to get into that. We're going to get into that because, I, I you know, I'm, this is something, a subject that just frustrates me to treat anyone like that or to actually, I guess, degrade a border agent for something they have no idea what's really going on. So it's just driving me crazy. But so from the process of after they've been processed through us, if they've claimed political asylum, we all we do is and we make notes of that in our packet that they've claimed political asylum and for what reasons. And again, from the border patrol side of things, that is as far as it goes on our side. Then it goes and, over to ICE. Yeah. And then they'll either have, um, they'll be detained. Uh, and when they're detained, they'll have the opportunity to see an asylum officer 
and the asylum officer will either adjudicate them to say, hey, okay, you're going to go on and you're going to have your claim seen by a judge, or they're going to put them in removal proceedings. Right. So they're going to further investigate that claim to determine whether it's valid or not. That's just, just so yeah, everyone knows. Yeah, let's talk about the kids for a second, because one thing I also did was back in 2015 is I I worked for the human smuggling cell, which was a small task force, you know, 13, 14 people. And we were- Which for my book, I was going to try and get you to do some notes for me because I have 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 some smuggling stuff I want to talk about. But cool. Perfect. Just so we- Yeah, go ahead. (laughs) So then- um, so when I worked at the cell, I found out that all these kids, all these unaccompanied alien children were getting released to sponsors that weren't um, familial or they were um, criminals, including sex offenders. So that is one of the things that I really pushed and I still push to this day is vetting these adults come across the border. Right. Because when I did work in a cell, we found out tons of these adults were using children to get across the border. And that's where the, you know, they eventually started using rapid DNA. But now that with these hundred thousand plus coming across a month, I don't even think you could do rapid DNA. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but that's just, that's a lot of people to be, you know, and let's figure, think about resources. 20%. Yeah. Yeah. When you start talking about resources that costs, every time you do a test like that, it costs money. Who's supplying the money for that? And who's funding that? Right. Yeah, and let's talk about resources. You got two thousand mile border, and you got sixteen thousand border patrol agents on the southwest working, and that's got to cover twenty four seven, three six five shift. You simply don't have enough, man. And that's why when you right. have, they're detailing everybody and her brother right now just to process. Yeah, and those of you listening, to detail means that you get activated to go to high. Um, high work areas work that work where the work is overwhelming for some of the agents. You have to bring in other agents from locations that are slower and you go out there and help out with the process, not just processing, but you help out with, with groups and everything else. So understand like that's the, the border patrol aspect, the border patrol agents themselves. That's all they do. They receive, they, 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 um, process and they process the paperwork and what's in front of them. So whether it's a child, whether it's a, it's a, it's a Mexican, whether it's a, a, Guatemalan, whether it's a political asylum case, and then you hand it off to ICE. ICE then will go ahead. ICE then will go ahead and detain them in their in a different facility, and then right there you said they'll either um, see they will investigate the claim and see if it's valid, or they'll start processing for deportation. Yeah, exactly. It's really that simple. Now, let's say you have an unaccompanied alien children. It's a little bit different. They would then go to a uh, Health and Human Services Office of uh, Refugee Resettlement, ORR, who will then give them over to a contractor facility who will then give them over to a sponsor. So now, the argument where people say they're separating their kids and they're not seeing their kids and they're losing kids, what, what, is, that, what is that about? That is simply, there is not enough bed space. There's nowhere to put everybody. And when they were separating a lot, I could understand they're separating the kids because they have to vet out to ensure that these adults are the, the um, what do you call it? That they're their family relation or they are some sort of relation because everybody and her brother is using kids right now. Yeah. I mean, that's the, you, know, you have to understand that these smuggling organizations and everything look at little kids, tender age kids. Cause I always say tender age. Cause a lot of people don't realize that if you're on a left or right, um, you have different aspects. People are like, Oh, they're MS 13 or teenagers. But you know, there are so many thousands of tender age. Those ones under 10 little kids that yeah. are out there getting smuggled and getting used by these organizations. Right. So a lot of times they have to separate these kids out from the adult, 
uh, they determine whether or not that's their real family. Now, do I, under, from what I understand, though, there are being families being separated until there are some time to where they could be rejoined. But, at, you know, in the past five, six, seven years, there were a lot of family um, facilities, but they got closed down. Yeah, those got closed down during the Obama administration, right? They felt that there wasn't a need for them anymore, which is valid. If there is no need for it, understandable, yeah. save tax dollars, boom. Yes. But, you know, it's, it's incredible. Some people don't understand, like, some of these people also get, um, you know, like those notice to appears, right? A letter to say, hey, you know what? You can show up to the immigration judge this time. We're going to release you to, a, to an address of your, right? They choose an address. Yeah. They, they, <laughs> give us, they give us a fucking address, and this address turns out to be fucking false. Yeah, and you know what? Here's what, and here's the other thing. You have you get an NTA and notice to appear, and then you can get released on your own recognizance, or you know if or order of supervision, and then you're supposed to report to an ICE office while you go through the proceedings, and they all use like a same address, or or they just never show up. The right. other thing is you have that alternatives to detention ATD, which is everybody says ankle bracelets and whatever. You know, they get, they get the ankle bracelets and then, you know, as soon as they get down the road, they cut them. Yeah. I mean, the whole system, you're now, you got to, there's like, we're on a track for a million people this year. That's a million bodies that you have to track. There's no way they're in a wind. So what do you do? I mean, I don't have an answer. Yeah. I mean, there's 10 cities right now. There's this, there's that, but there's simply nowhere to house them. That's the crazy thing for me. It's like, look, I get why people want to come to America. And, and, and the thing that irks me is that anyone here in America who, who thinks an open border is, is, the, is the answer, it just confuses me because then there is no America, right? And so that, that's just a really weird statement when people make that because the reason people come here is because the idea of opportunity. And yes, there is definitely opportunity for those. It's a capitalist country, man. You work your ass off as hard as you want. You can make as much money as you want. You know what I mean? But the hard thing for me is like people trying to make the border traders look bad, but without the lack of, with, 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 with lack of education and understanding what the process is. You know, how many people are coming across the border? You said over a million right now? Well, think about it. There's, if we're on track for one sector alone at 100,000, and uh, was it RGV had 100,000? Oh, RGV is nuts. Right? I've worked there. I've been detailed there. I mean, and just think about the whole border. Yeah. And then, and then we're not even talking like, oh, my gosh. If, you're t- if you want to get into the whole immigration thing, you got the whole overstays. You got – there's bodies everywhere, and they're never going to show up to court. Right. And that's the thing. There, there's definitely a process. Like, you're never going to hear someone like me say, uh, don't come to America. No, I get it. I, I get why I come to America, right? I understand my family did, right? There, there's opportunity, they're seeking opportunity. But at the same time, you know, there's policies that definitely need to be reformed. There's things that need to be fixed. But there's so many layers that we talked on the phone one time, uh, you know, and I like to tell people it's, it's like a seven layer cake, but it's exactly yeah. that. It's, it's multiple different layers of immigration need to be adjusted. It can't, there's no one right answer. No, I am, I am all about immigration reform. I don't, you know, it's, and you know, I was a few job supervisor. I didn't arrest every mom and pop. I wanted criminals. Yeah. Uh, there's cause there's not enough resources. You can't just go out and arrest everybody. And I didn't plan that at all. But the other thing too, is uh, there are legitimate asylum claims out there. Tons of legitimate asylum claims. But when you have to cycle through a million, when you have to adjudicate, let's say a million claims, um, how do you get through it? 
Now let's talk about immigration judges right now. Right now, I think we have 418, 412 immigration judges. So let me break that down for the people that are listening is that if you get, once you get apprehended for, for entering illegally and it becomes an immigration case, you go to an immigration judge to determine whether you're, you have a right to be here or you have to get reported back. So understand that there's a process for, you can't just show up and all of a sudden they're going to give you the opportunity. No, you have to see an, uh, an immigration judge and, and just the backflow of that alone is, is what Jason's talking about. Yeah. And um, just last year alone, there was 820,000 cases backlogged. That's not including current cases. That's just, you know, fiscal year 2018, there was 820,000, 412, 418 judges. You just, there's no way. Well, trip out on this, dude. So me working in, in, in the correction side of things, half of our facility was immigration contract. Yeah. So we had guys that had been in there for, for two years that were just appealing and appealing and appealing. And that's the other thing is like when I was a DO deportation officer, my job was to go through the packets and some of these boxes are boxes, like boxes of immigration files because they keep appealing and appealing. Yes, they're appealing. And, and, and you know what? Here's the funny thing. What po- people don't understand is the guys who are appealing, and look, at, you, you take it for what it is, but I'm going to tell you what the fact is. They're held in a prison's facility. They get three hot meals a day. They have their bed, and they're living comfortable, comfortable enough, and as, as comfortable as you can be in a, in a holding facility, right, in a prison. Um, a lot of these guys are working as trustees because it's just an immigration thing, right? These guys are not like violent cases. It's just, they're here for immigration. So they're trusted to do the cleaning, the cooking, whatever the case. And they can do that for years and years and years and, and be able to, to just exist in that way while as they, as they do that. In my head, it's a trip to me when I see that because all I think is about like, well, someone's paying for that, right? Someone keeps the lights on. Yeah. Well, you know, that's the other thing too is, uh, so back in the Obama day, I used to work at headquarters for ICE. And it was, I think, 34,000 bed spaces. And for people out there, bed spaces are actual what, what it sounds like. How many beds do we have to detain people? Uh, so we had 34,000 mandated by Congress. I think it's up to like 50,000 plus there's really no cap anymore. Yeah. But think about 25 to $125, up to $200 a day per bed, depending on the location. That's taxpayer money right there. Yeah. So, yeah. ICE will not detain anybody who's not mandatory detention. There's just, they're not going to do it. I mean, there are special circumstances, but there's always something about it. So believe me, if they can cut someone loose, they will. Because it's well, all money, man. Well, think about this. You know, um, there was an operation that was going on in Texas, and I think currently it's now in place throughout the rest of the border, is that if you get apprehended one time, you're doing jail time. Is that correct? Yeah, I think they have the, um, you're going to be detained. Mandatory you're going to be detained. Yeah. That it is why like there was. No, it was never always like that. Yeah. But they they were trying to stop people from coming across. Yeah. And now you got to remember when you're getting detained now, you're like you said, you're getting three hots in a cot. Yeah, and it's a trip, man. I mean, like real, I mean, when you're ta- when you're coming from a desolate area where you're poor, you're it, you know, you're economically disadvantaged and you can't afford to eat and you're coming somewhere and they're feeding you and they're not just giving you table scraps, they're giving you like good meals. You know, Good meals. Granted, you're detained, and I've never, you know, I've never been detained, unless you want to call living on a, a fob detained for a year. <laughs> but overall, though, it's like I'm not going to say it's a good thing or a bad thing, but it's just what do you do? I mean, you and I are like the grunt style. We're you the grunts. See, you know? Yeah, you can see how it can be attractive to someone who doesn't eat one meal a day. You see mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And so it, it's you know, but that's not for me. That's not. 
I don't want to cons- for the agents on the ground. Yeah. And that's why everybody wants to bitch about it. And they all want to go down there for their five minute photo op, but they're on recess right now. You know, I, 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 every time I go on the news, every time I do anything said, look, you get me or you get, you know, 10 people I know that are lying agents, lying officers to head over to Congress, sit in a room with you guys, explain the real deal and fix the problem. Because you know what, unless they pass laws, you're following orders and you're, this isn't like the brown shirts where you're following orders going out there and killing people in the middle of the night. No, this is, these are not Nazis. These are fellow Americans who are just, you know, in, in, you know, which I believe a higher percentage, I think in the percentages over 60% are Latinos and Latinas. And so it's this funny thing. Like people have to understand, like they're protecting the right of, of what we have the privilege to, to call this America and for the belief system of what America can be and, and what it stands for. Um, Forget political division, right? Forget, you know, your left and your right, forget agendas, just, 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 Plain and simple, they're doing their job to pay their to pay their rent, to take care of their families, and to protect America for 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 what they believe it stands for, right? You know what I mean? And that's the hardest thing for me to anyone to to for any political person to attack a border agent. It's like, wait, what are you doing? That's the weirdest thing for me. That's those are individuals who are doing what they believe is the best for the country, and also given a shit sandwich to try and fucking enjoy. It's like the most impossible mission they have right now. Oh, I know. And most, yeah. And, and we talked about. It. I sent you a tweet today about the um, about Borstar. You were Borstar. Yeah. How much? How much can I actually go out there and save right now? Because right now they're everybody's processing bodies. Bro, our job was a humanitarian mission. Border Patrol itself is a humanitarian mission. That's all plain and simple. All you're doing every day is trying to save people from really uncomfortable conditions all the fucking time. As a border Patrol agent, dude, my first day on the job as a Borstar star dude, as a Borstar star dude, we 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 apprehended 40 guys, but in the middle of the summer, lost in the middle of a ranch. It, yeah. wouldn't, it wouldn't have taken four hours. They all would have been dead. It would have been, ta- it, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's, that's how bad it gets out there. Like, if a human trafficking organization leaves them high and dry, which always happens, always. If, if, an, if an agent apprehends, the, the coyote automatically starts running back to Mexico. And the rest of them are left hanging. And in that heat in the summer, I believe it was somewhere around 45 deaths per like, uh, it, w- it was pretty much in the South Texas area. It was like 45 deaths a summer was easy. That's like an easy number. Mm-hmm. You walk up on do- dead bodies that if they were there for three days, the animals already got to them and they're already bones. You know what I mean? Well, that's one thing I always try to explain the border to people too, is because people don't realize how big the board, how long it is. So I always give them the East coast analogy because a lot of people, you know, I grew up in Jersey. I didn't know anything about the border, but it's like, there's a route 95 on the East coast. It travels from like Maine to Miami. That is literally how long the border is. You can't fence it all. But whenever I bring up fences and everything, people are like, oh, you can't put a wall up. You can't put a fence. But it's not, to me, it's like you want to funnel that traffic so where you could put boots on the ground. Well, it's, it's funny is I think there's, you know, I'm not, if, if I, I would say this, the wall doesn't offend me. You know what I mean? It doesn't offend yeah. me. But at the same time, I think there's a smarter approach to it by putting the wall, putting a fence in locations where it's hard to work. Yeah, then, that's what I mean. And I think high exactly. And I think we need to do a lot more technologies. We have so many technologies that would help the, the process for all yes. of us. 
I think that would change the game. But it, it's funny. I, always have. I say, hey, you know what? You put up wall, fence, barrier, whatever you want. In certain areas, to funnel traffic to where you could put technology and put boots on the ground. Yeah. And you it, know, as well as I do, you could, yeah. you could, <laughs> there's, there's areas where you cannot, people just get lost, man. You can't find them. It's not that easy to bad. find a body, man. It's bad. It's crazy. And that's the thing too, is, is, you know, people that, people start saying like, do you support Trump? I'm like, dude, it doesn't matter what I support right now as a, as one, as still serving the military, you know what I mean? I can't say I don't support him. I'm just saying, you know, the president of the United States, whoever it is at the time, I'm always in, I always have to support in what aspect. But um, I don't think, you know, I don't think asking for, for immigration means I'm racist. That's the weirdest thing, right? It starts flipping these, these, these cards get thrown at you when you say, hey, we do need better immigration. Yeah, because I don't want an open border. I don't want everyone just to walk in here and start taking resources and everything else. That's just not what I want because that's how America was before. When, when, when you, let's go all the way back to like when the Indians, like there was no borders there. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, that's the thing, man, is like the reason there's a border patrol is because alcohol, when they banned alcohol. Yep. The prohibition. So I, you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm so I'm like, right. I'm center. Right. I'm conservative. Cause I don't believe in certain things. And, but I believe we need immigration reform. We need immigration. We need good immigrants. We don't need criminals. We need workers. We need this. We need that. And you're going to find so many people that work for ICE, BP, or whatever believe the same thing. You know yeah. what? You fix the laws. You're in charge. You're the one that you know sets our salaries and everything else. I'm talking Congress. Do it. Stop. There's such a divide that you can't even bring up anything to do with immigration without someone going, oh, my God. You know, I think a lot of that divide comes from we're coming up to an election time and I think, you know, Democrats and Republicans are kind of just, everyone's trying to get the vote, right? Everyone's trying to swing the vote. And so if you make, if you make Trump look bad, well then, you know, you, you have a potential to have, um, you know, more of an influx of Democrats voting and, yep. and the other way around the flip side. So if, if Trump, you know, and so it's the same thing, man. It's like, yeah. there's, it's so polarized that immigration is just one of those things that are we ever going to fix it? And we well, need to piecemeal it too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not one answer, like we were saying earlier. There, there's, there's people that were living here. I had a friend who was living here almost 15 years, and then you find out he was illegal. Like, we didn't know. But but now that you find out, it's like, man, that sucks because that dude's actually a hardworking dude. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, well, there is there is something for, for, for someone like that, right? There are immigrants like that. Yeah, absolutely. Need to be, need to be um, given a streamlined process is what I like to call it, right? Um anyone that's an acting citizen and, and, and kicking ass in the workforce and doing their thing is like, yeah, I think they should be streamlined. But look at this, man. One of my good buddies, his wife is from Britain and it took her 13 years to become a citizen. Yeah. That's crazy, dude. That's crazy. And, and that's where, and that's, and you know, oh my gosh, if you're not going to get married or in anything else, there, there is no streamlined path of citizenship. No. And you're right. It takes seven, 10, 12, 13 years. And you, if you get one DUI, you're fucked. Yeah, you're done. You're, You're fucked. So that's what I'm saying. Like, so there's definitely layers of immigration that need to be fixed and reformed that, that most people probably don't think about. I think everyone just kind of identifies with people coming across the border. You know, um, they need to realize like, dude, there's so many different levels of that. There's so many different mm-hmm. levels. How about, how about someone who has parents here that they're, they're citizens, you know what I mean? There's whatever, yeah. like we said, there's so many layers. There's so not many, one answer. Um, it's just hard to watch that the border agent is the person that people who decided to point the finger at and blame. When they're the one dudes, they're the, they're the first service member to reach anyone that is in harm's way. 
I have yeah. a video. I have a video. Um, a buddy sent me from the border and how there, a kid was drowning in the water, and you know, obviously the boat team pulled him out and did CPR and brought him back, saving lives, man. The exactly. Border chains out there are saving lives. They, you cannot ask them to do anything more than what their job requirements are, based on what their mission is. Like all they can do is go out there and try and stop illegal immigration, and they can process and hand it off to ICE. Our locations are overwhelmed. The budget is overwhelmed, and there's no resources for them to make it any more comfortable than it already is. You know what I mean? There's, there's no right for anyone to kind of talk bad about it if they're not down there understanding the process. It, it blows me away when people don't understand but want to bitch and complain on social media. That's the hardest thing to watch. Oh, me too. Believe me. When I, when I see these five-minute photo ops next to a fence in daylight, I'm like, you need to go out some crap area in the middle of the desert at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. by yourself with some nods and see what's going on. Well, that, that same, you know, that's AOC, right? And she says something about the, she was yelling at the border agents. I'm like, oh, those, those weren't even border patients, bro. Those are <laughs> feel like some security guard guys. Yeah, I don't know. Like FPS or something like that. Yeah. Well, it's just, that's the hardest thing that we have in social media. You know, you and I know we, we, we live our lives on social media and, and even stuff with, with gun reform and all this, you know, I'm not sure what your personal opinions are now. I've never asked, but, um, just anyone that argues against guns, I just wish they would understand guns before they said yeah, that, right? Exactly. And, and that's the hardest thing for me. I can't, I can't, I'm not going to tell you. You obviously haven't been watching my SIG videos, bro. Come on. Man. Oh, I, yeah. <laughs> well, dude, it's, it's like this. Dude. I understand we have an issue. Um, I personally will not put this on a gun issue only. Yeah. Um, we know there's mental health issues. We know right. Let's, let's, let's backtrack for a second. Yeah. Now. You're bringing up guns and shootings in El Paso. Um, think about it this way. Um, there was a tweet yesterday saying, and as soon as the shooting happened, and someone said, why is the Border Patrol going there? I'm like, you know what? Because they're LEOs, law enforcement officers, and uh-huh. they're responding like they would. Yes. These are guys, and that's, you know, I have that, the Protectors podcast, and I'm like, they'll run towards Andrew. It doesn't matter. Dude, that's what they do, man. What trading is allowed to work anything within the border within, I think, what is it? 20 miles is what jurisdiction, but 120, 150 miles is still within, you know, something like that. And it's a felony, man, a felony in your, in your, your witnessing. Don't you want people with resources? That's what you want. And I don't know about you, man. Some of the best shooting I've ever had was from the border patrol Academy. A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And, and you have, you have board star teams that were there. I think one of my board star guys was there. Um, You know, several, several guys were out there. The board tech teams were there. It's just like their support. But it's just a crazy thing for, for it, what I believe. I blame it all on social media, right? I blame it all on mainstream media and social media and, and political agendas. That's what makes life, guys, lives like ours harder, you know, because people don't understand under the layers of it, right? They all want to do this immediate gratification and see what mm-hmm. someone posts and, and, and look at a title of a, of a blog and believe it's fact instead of ripping down the layers and coming to your own conclusion by actually learning what it is of requirements of a border trojan or what is the actual definition of assault rifle, right? Like things like that. Don't even bring up assault rifle. Bro, that's, <laughs> <laughs> that's my point, man. Someone, did, you, someone, did you see that, that, uh, the graph from like, oh my God. It's like, who was it? BBC, right? Yeah. yeah. M16A1 shoots 35,000 rounds a minute or a second. Well, I, I saw that. It's, it's like this, dude. Everyone's looking to point the finger at something. 
Everybody right. wants an excuse. They always want an out. It's almost yeah. like when you bring an interview and interrogate someone, they always want an out. So it's like the media is giving everybody an out. Yeah. Like it's good it, about themselves. Oh, you know what? Yeah. It's their fault. Not mine. Yeah, it's those guns. Those are, those are the problem. Oh no, it's not the people that are holding the gun. It's the problem. And that's what's confusing me that the regular, the mindset of people, you want to blame the border patrol for immigration, but that's, that has nothing to do with it. The border patrol okay. that are helping and saving more lives than you can even imagine. They're stopping more dope than you can even imagine, but you're going to point the finger at them. You know, and, and ICE, it's funny because I, I did this uh, leadership thing with ICE where ICE sent me to the Holocaust Museum for, a, it was called Lessons of the Holocaust uh, Law Enforcement, right? ICE sent me there. Yeah. Was, so you could learn the lessons from the Holocaust so it'll never happen again. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, my gosh, ICE is Nazis. ICE is this. Go, you know what? Have, ever, are there, have they ever even talked to an ICE officer? Well, the reason why they throw the Nazi thing is just, just shock value to, 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 yeah. to, to you know, but, but those are two complete different scenarios. And, and people, obviously, the, the sheeple out there follow whatever sounds right to go towards their political agenda again. More swing of votes and drama. Uh, another Crazy. year. Election, bro. Dude, I have no idea what's going to happen, and I can't even anticipate what's going to happen. If Trump gets reelected, if he doesn't get reelected, like the fear of everything, right? The fear of the world. The world where the fastest runners in college, the fastest female runner in college was once a man, right? Is <laughs> comes this very scary place for our kids. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. That kind of mindset just it, it trips me out. Like, hey, I don't mind having all transgender sports and let, let's see who the best transgender in the world is. Cool. But these, these arguments that are coming from different directions and political standings, it's like, whatever happened to us just being like the society of, of I guess, reasonable thinking, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, but, you know, I, I like to say if we get away from social media that, you know, we could find like a, just a, a different world. <laughs> a different world from this, like this constant yeah, iPhone man. and traffic and everything, man. Oh, well, we're we're pretty much androids where we carry our freaking phone in our hand all day. But but the thing is, man, is that it takes guys like us on social media to help try and, I guess, shift some thinking. Sometimes, you know what I mean, providing some genuine information and not just jargon, right? You know, it exactly. takes guys. It's guys like us who have to raise tomorrow's leaders and hope to hope to God that, you know, they can make an, a better influence than to, to submit to just people who whine and complain and get their way. It tends to be that that's what, that's what our governor turns into nowadays. If you whine and complain enough and say you're offended enough, things will go your way. And that's not the right answer, right? That's, that's this, that's just letting up and giving up. Um, it's crazy to me. It's, it's, it's the most confused I've ever been in my entire life. And, <laughs> I've been wanting to have this podcast with you for a while now because the border stuff drives me nuts because people just are uneducated oh, in the process. I, you know, I just, I try, I try, I try, you know, I'm just like, you know, let's just talk about it, man. Yeah. It's, it, that's the thing. Just allow yourself to, but it, it's hard, man. Cause you got people like Tommy Lauren who, who is Ugh. crazy, crazy informed though. Like she can speak, but it comes off abrasive and it, and it causes, it causes a little bit of issues. I don't, I don't have nothing against her, but I can see, why people don't even want to listen to her and then they attack her. And then, then her opinion now forever is just fuck her. Right. That's how people do it. And then yeah. you got, then you got the other side, you got AOC who says some dumb shit. And you're like, dude, I hate that woman too. You know what I mean? And so we don't have this person who's just speaking on an even keel kind of middle ground that has the most 
honest information and not an angry debate towards one or the other. Vinny Rock for Congress 2020. Fucking A, dude. <laughs> I, I can barely read, bro. Don't put me there. <laughs> uh, well, fuck, man. Hey, dude, well, tell me, you have a lot of exciting stuff going on with you right now. I see you on social media all over the place. You got books. You got books coming out. You're working with um, a law enforcement group, and, and you're doing all kinds of cool stuff, man. Let my listeners know, man. And, and let me tell you, man, I appreciate you coming on. I know there's a sub. There's a, there's a subject that most people don't even want to touch, but I think the way, you know, we've approached it today, people can listen to it and not feel that they've been attacked or, or their, their own belief systems are being stepped on. Yeah, bro. I got, you know, I got a ton of things going on. Still working for the man. But uh, yeah. the big thing I really enjoy is I do this uh, podcast called The Protectors, which is zero politics. And it's just really good guests. You're going to be on there eventually. Uh, when your schedule gets a little bit slower, because I'm yeah. I'm interviewing all the time, man. It's I, what I do is I interview law enforcement, first responders, military veterans, and those who support them. Really inspirational stories and zero politics, man. Zero Good. Politics. Uh, the other thing is I'm now the director of strategic relations with law enforcement today, which is basically a fancy title for saying, hey, you know what? I'm building relationships. It's you're, you're the networking monster. Yeah, and that's kind of what I'm doing with them is I'm just trying to build a good network. That's why it's unpaid. I'm trying to get the message out there about all the hard work LEOs are doing at the state, local, and federal level and saying, hey, you know what? Take a look at these guys and girls. Um, with them, I also have another show coming out called um, – should be out in the next month. It's going to be a live show, like interviews and stuff. I have a co-host. Uh, it's going to be really cool. It's going to be called You're Killing Me, and it's about law enforcement stress and PTSD. And Love I interview Cops that, you know, just go through some really horrible shit and we try to solve it. And it's not, and one thing was about it, it's not technical, it's but let's just have a real good conversation. And then other than that, man, um, just chilling, just, tr just trying to work. You have a book? Yeah, my, I'm re-releasing my, uh, my book on wavering. So there's a border agent's journey. I had it copy edited. I added 8,000 words, eight to 10,000 words. I think I'm up to now about the current border and how it equates to my life. Yeah. Um, and it's really not a political book. It's just basically, hey, this is kind of what we talked about today. Yeah. It's basically, here's what I did on a border. I worked dope. I worked cartel. Um, and then here's what I did interior, and here's what I did in D.C., and this is how it all equates into the big picture. Yeah. Good. Cool, man. So we'll be expecting that out there released here soon again. Yeah, definitely. I'm trying to actually get it out for September 12th because September 12th is a big day for me because do you remember September 12th, 2001, how everybody was, it was just like, we just got fucking attacked. Bro, it was now like, we're the, all, now we're all together. We came together. Dude, yeah. I, I'm going to tell you a crazy story real quick, man. That, <clears throat> I was in college and that night they were doing this more memorial fucking candlelight ride in off Ventura Boulevard. And I've never felt an energy like that before, dude. People are just driving by, holding American flags, holding every country's yeah. flags. It didn't matter. They hold every country's flag mm -hmm. in support of the idea of this, of we've just been attacked. We have to come together. It was it was beautiful to watch what America turned into. You know what I mean? Yeah. And how, how, how easy has it been forgotten? <laughs> I know, man. And it's, fuck, I just wonder if this was what it was like after Pearl Harbor, you know, like yeah. 10 years later. No fucking shit. Well, fuck. about it. Ten years later, after Pearl Harbor, everyone wanted them, everyone wanted to be a communist again. <laughs> it's crazy, man. I don't even want to get into that story. No, we're done. <laughs> okay, bro. My brother, love you, man. Thank you. Thanks, bro. Better. I did it. I did it.